This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red European show. I'm your host Mo Stewart and we as a Liverpool fan base are very much concentrated on Portugal in Europe at the moment, since the Champions League draws pitted us against Benfica. So I decided I'd like to talk to someone who knows a little bit more about them than us and all of you. Alex Gontalv, uh, see, I tried and failed. Alex from Tuga Scout, uh, the man of all things Portuguese football. Um, first of all, tell the world exactly how to pronounce your name after I butchered it. But for <laughs> then after that, uh, let us know what the kind of Portuguese reaction was to this draw. Are they very much of the idea that sad that they've drawn one of the big hitters or looking forward to a kind of a glamour tie? It was not a bad attempt. I mean, Gonçalves, but, you know, it was it was close. It was close enough. Um, I mean, I feel bad anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, first and foremost, for Benfica, it's, it's a huge achievement just to get to this stage of the competition. I mean, to be able to knock out Barcelona in the group stage, to then eliminate a very highly regarded Ajax side in the round of 16 to get to the quarterfinals is, is is almost always the limit for Portuguese clubs. And to get to that point is is in itself a success. With regards to the draw, I mean, as as Benfica manager Nelson Verissimo said, being among the, th- the eight best teams in the competition, of course, or, or left in Europe, I should say, of course, any opponent was going to be difficult and particularly for an underdog like Benfica however he did say that Liverpool are in that that upper bracket they are within those those two or three teams that are even harder than than the rest and so for that of course it's going to be it's going to be an absolute uh, marathon it's an uphill battle to, to be able to to get anything from Liverpool I think the reaction is just acceptance that this is this is going to be incredibly difficult uh, I would say that supporters don't really expect too much from from this clash, but the the nice thing is there's no pressure on Benfica. They they can go into it, play with the freedom. They can either cause an upset or just go out having already had a really good tournament. So there's really, mm-hmm. in that respect, there's just there's nothing to lose. Uh, what, what the manager did say as well that it's going to be a very difficult game for Benfica, of course. But it's also going to be very difficult for Liverpool. And I'm not sure how true that really is, of course. I mean, this Benfica side, some would say, is, is perhaps the, the worst or one of the worst in the last decade. So just to be at this stage is a, is a real shock. Um, but we'll see. I mean, against Ajax, they were they were amazing. They defended really well. And if, if they manage to defend in that way against Liverpool, then they will have a chance. But the chance mm-hmm. is slim, I would say. Now, one thing that was true about the Ajax tie and made true in this one as well is Benfica were at home first. And considering what you were saying about their chances and it's almost being a free hit, from the fans' perspective as well, they get to go to the game with excitement, with the score level, with everything still available to them, and they get to maybe give them maximise their impact on their boys on the pitch. That's true. Although I have spoken to... Liverpool podcasts in the past and I, when I when talking about Porto and I've said you know I've said they're underdogs but they they should be able to give a good account of themselves they're at home and then they go and lose 5-1 or 5-0 so I'm not sure if if the home advantage really counts for too much when you're playing against a side like Liverpool who can just blow you away and, and as we've seen so many times as Portuguese football fans Liverpool are the one side that really 
are quite terrifying along with Bayern, I would say. With Man City, of course, you know, there's a, a slightly better record. Porto managed to get a draw against them at one point. But with Liverpool, there's just, I think it's it's 18-2 that uh, the aggregate score over the last six matches between Liverpool and uh, and Porto. So the home advantage is good. And if they manage to just keep the score as narrow as possible going into that mm. second leg, who knows? But I think even a draw would be a phenomenal result for for Benfica. Yeah, Liverpool have enjoyed their time in Portugal. I don't think there's anyone who can doubt that. And um, I think that even as fan bases, but also as players and managers, you do kind of remember those things. And of course, we have to recognise that Porto and Benfica are two very different teams. But even within even within that remit, for, for the fact that there is that gap between the two of them at the top of the table tells Liverpool that they should be able to feel comfortable going into this game favourites. But let's talk about Benfica's danger men. Now, when I originally wrote this agenda, I thought I was going to be quite clever by saying lots of people have been talking about Darwin Nunes, but I believe Rafa Silva is really the man who makes Benfica tick. Then at the weekend against Estoril, Rafa Silva goes and scores an absolute banger of a goal and brings himself right into everyone's attention. <laughs> so now I look like I'm bandwagon jumping. But yes, anyway, Rafa Silva, a very important player for Benfica. Yeah, you're ahead of the curve there with that one. Um, I would say he will be crucial for Benfica, particularly when you're playing on the counter-attack. Of course, Benfica usually are, are used to dominating matches. They they don't tend to to defend in the way that they did against Ajax, for example. But of course, against Liverpool, that's going to be essential. And so playing on the counter-attack, you want someone like Rafa Silva that's going to be able to sprint box to box, as he did against Estoril so, so spectacularly. He showed glimpses of it against Vizela as well. Um, that amazing Maisie running that he can do. So to be able to combine that speed and that trickery, that's gonna that's potentially gonna be what can cause Benfica some some fortune when they're uh, getting those limited attacking opportunities against Liverpool. But it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. He's been uh, he's had a, a very good season in terms of productivity. He's getting good good number of goals, very good number of assists. Um, and I just think there's there's even more still to come in terms of the end product. He can still improve further, and if he does improve further, then then he is going to be one of the one of the elite players to come out of the Portuguese league. He's running out of time, of course, but he's he's just he's so close to being to being mm. at that very elite level. And it's a shame that he wasn't in the Portugal squad as well because he 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 definitely deserves to be there. I think, and in terms of what he can bring, particularly off the bench, if you're chasing the game, he mm. can be lethal. I believe he's uh, 28 now. Is that correct? 27, 28 years old. Must be around which, there, yeah. yeah. Which is um, considering, as you say, the quality he has and the fact that Portuguese league and Benfica in general is somewhere that a lot of Premier League teams have used as, as almost like a little bit of a farm for their own teams. And it's kind of surprising that he's been able to last this long, but he's definitely someone Liverpool are going to keep their eye on. I think someone who maybe is not going to last quite as long is Darwin Nunes, and he has been mentioned in dispatches many times, not least with Liverpool because of the Uruguayan connection. How good do you think he is? And potentially, if he does move on in the summer, where do you believe his level will be? He is He's definitely the, the next big star from Portugal, you would think, to, to move for the, the, the big money. Uh, I think, obviously, we, we heard the reports that West Ham were in for him uh, in January and Benfica resisted there. I think the 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 longer the Champions League run, run goes on, of course, his value just increases further. 
But yeah, 20 goals in the league. He's far and away the top scorer in, in the Primera Liga. Um, he's just, he's, he's a very, he's a very good all round striker. I would say, I, I wouldn't say he's, he's hugely clinical. I, I mean, he does miss, miss the, the chances here and there, but I think when you get such an abundance of, of opportunities, which you do for a team like, like Benfica in, in Portugal, that's, it, it, he's going to score a lot of goals anyway. And I would say like, um, from Liverpool's perspective as well, like for example, Diog Jota, he wasn't, um, hugely clinical at Wolves at all. He, he frustrated Wolves fans a few times, I think, um, because he would miss some some good opportunities. But at Liverpool, because he's getting those abundance of chances, and I don't know if, whether he's improved his clinical finishing, but he's just he, he's scoring for fun nowadays. So I think Darwin Nunez is, is destined for a, for a big club, for one of the top clubs. Um, and he'll only improve, of course. He's still, he's still a young player. Um, and he's just he's got he's got pretty much everything about his game. He's still a bit of a raw talent, I would say, but he's got almost all the attributes you're you're really looking for in a in a in your number nine. And this would be the perfect opportunity to put himself even further into people's minds by a headline grabbing goal against Liverpool, whether it was the winner or even one that decided the game or not. So I think he's definitely gonna be someone we're gonna need to look out for. Let's talk about the other end of the pitch. Now there are a couple of players in Benfica who Liverpool fans and Premier League fans will know very well, namely Yang Vertonghen and Nicolas Otamendi. Now, Vertonghen had a great reputation in England, but it did look like he was coming to the end of his career. Otamendi didn't. <laughs> um, so as a backline, they don't really put a lot of fear into us Liverpool fans, particularly the scoring form we've been in. Is there something else that we should know about or are Benfica generally worried about conceding goals? No, definitely be concerned about uh, conceding goals purely because of the quality that Liverpool have. But I mean, in terms of the, the defensive partnership, I think there's something to be said about experience in your, in your central defenders as well. We've seen certainly with the Portugal national team, they've got very experienced centre-backs still very much in the fold. Um, and they they tend to do a really good job with Otamendi and Vertonghen. I have to say, against Ajax, they were supreme. It was phenomenal to watch. They were just brilliant. They would you know clear everything into the box. They would put their bodies on the line, block everything. Great positional awareness. As, as for all the dominance that Ajax had in that match and all the ball possession, they really didn't create anything clear cut. The the only opportunities they really presented that were goal scoring opportunities were offside so in terms of the the centre-back partnership they're, they're certainly on the wrong side of 30 but they they just they I think they live for those big matches still I think this is why they they moved to a team like Benfica which will offer the opportunity to play in the Champions League or, or the Europa League um, and in these big matches and, and potentially win win trophies in Portugal as well so these are the kind of nights that they will thrive and I think of course, Liverpool can exploit their age. They're, they're not the quickest, but they're still supreme athletes. And hopefully they uh, they manage to, to do something spectacular once again. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think Otamendi in particular will be quite looking forward to sparring up with Liverpool once again. Now, let's look to um, Benfica's form in, in uh, the Premier League. Uh, they've only lost one game since the start of February, so they are in rec- generally in quite good form. But as I mentioned at the top, they are in third place, a good 12 points 
behind Porto. So there's only what eleven games. Oh no, there's uh, less than eleven games to go in the season this season. So do they think that they can still catch up if they don't get through this tie in Liverpool, or is this kind of the season going to peter out? Do you feel? It's going to be very difficult to be able to keep up with the uh, the two teams above them. I think there's, they've left themselves too much to do. I mean, the problem for Benfica is that they are just they're dropping points in in matches that they they shouldn't be. You know, you expect Porto, Sporting, Benfica to basically win almost all the matches they can, apart from against each other. But Benfica have dropped points against Porto Manense, against Estoril, against Morenense, against Vizela, against Boavista. Decent sides in there, but you know, again, when you expect when you Consider the financial disparity between the sides. You expect Benfica to be able to to blow them away, really, and so to drop points against them, that's just it's too much. It's too many. And um, the the amazing thing about Porto is their sheer consistency. You know, they haven't lost a league game for seventeen months. Seventeen months. That's fifty five matches undefeated in the league now, which is is pretty ridiculous. And and they've dropped eight points all season. Um, so when you've got that level of consistency to compete against, it's, it's incredibly difficult, but at the same time, Benfica have dropped way too many points and, and it's, it's, it's just a real, real surprise really, because again, they went into the season, they started well, they, they have some big, big players. They've spent some decent money a couple of seasons ago with, with quite a few of those players still around. So it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's all got, it's all fallen apart a little bit for Benfica once again, this season. And so I would say that, the Champions League, this this match against Liverpool really is just going to kind of define just how good their season has been. It's already been okay because of the Champions League run. If they were to uh, to somehow make it through against Liverpool, then it would be a phenomenal achievement yeah. and it would be a, an amazing season regardless of whether they finish third, fourth, you know, it would be yeah. unbelievable. Suddenly the league no longer matters at that point. I, I can assure exactly. you that. <laughs> uh, now you brought up Porto's 55-game winning streak domestically. Uh, now one of the Liverpool players was actually contributed to quite a lot of that. So it gives me an opportunity to talk about Luis Diaz, which I'm very pleased to be. Now from a speaker perspective, they're obviously glad to see the back of him. But in, in, Portugal, in Portugal and the wider uh, audience, how have people kind of seen and been pleased without perhaps... Luis Diaz is start at Liverpool. I've got to say, uh, there's absolutely no surprise at all with with just how brilliant he's been since uh, since joining Liverpool. You know the impact he's had almost immediately. I mean that that is really impressive that he's that he's just found his feet so quickly in in the league. I think a lot of people expect a bit of a transition. You know he needs time, which is which is perfectly reasonable. But he seems to have just settled in so quickly. It's um, it's been remarkable, and yet. Still not not particularly surprising because a, a world class player is a world class player regardless of where which league they play in. Uh, Porto fans were furious when he was sold. They were they were very upset because the money was not nowhere near the the level that he that he is. When when you see like Juan Felix was sold by Benfica to Atletico Madrid for 120 million, the bar was set to a whole new level and and to sell Luis Diaz for what they did it just it really angered uh, Porto fans and of course the the Porto manager as well was really upset that uh, that he was sold and you can see why when he settled in so so well at Liverpool uh, honestly i don't know Liverpool have a a phenomenal track record of of being able to find these players for for relatively reasonable prices they started with Salah and, and Mane. They were great signings, and now they seem to have found the the next generation almost that will that will take over with Diogo Jota and and Luis Diaz. It's um, 
it's terrifying, really, that that strength and depth that that uh, Liverpool have um, in their front line. If Salah's taken out, you would usually say, oh, well, that gives Benfica a chance. But when you've got the options that Liverpool have to bring in and Luis Diaz, who will be relishing the chance to uh, mm-hmm. to return to Benfica, yeah, it's um, it's pretty frightening, to be honest. Yeah, I imagine when I say they were glad to see the back of him, that did not extend to the first leg of this game where they will be able to see him. And I guarantee that he will be in the starting lineup, all injuries permitting. Because, yeah, he's probably going to be looking forward to it just as much as we will. Now, obviously, we, you mentioned the fee was not really what the fans would have expected or some of, of that calibre you'd expect for. Part of that is to do with Porto's financial problems. I, I noticed that Sporting Lisbon also are in the danger of getting sanctioned by uh, UEFA and FIFA because of unpaid debts. Now, obviously, talking about it from a cynical Premier League point of view, that means that there are may well be more talents out there in the Portuguese Liga that may well be able to be get for got for a decent price. If a Premier League team were looking, Liverpool or otherwise, who do you think they should be looking at outside of obviously the players you've mentioned so far? Well, I think certainly one for the future is uh, is actually a Benfica player we haven't mentioned yet, which is uh, Gonzalo Ramos. Um, he's still only twenty years of age, but he's playing a lot for for Benfica almost all the time. Really, he's um, scored seven goals this season. He's one that is considered the next big thing. He's been considered the next big thing for for a couple of years, I would say now. And finally, he's getting that regular game time and he's impressing. So he could be a, a wild card maybe that's kind of hidden that uh, Liverpool fans maybe not so familiar with uh, that could do a, a job against Liverpool potentially. Um, and he's one definitely that within the next few seasons, I, I can see moving on probably to the Premier League or one of the big clubs uh, elsewhere. Uh, Vitinha is one that uh, Liverpool fans may be slightly familiar with. He was at Wolves last season, uh, didn't really get a, a look in, uh, but he's been f- tremendous uh, in Portugal this season. A player of the month, two two months in a row. Uh, you know, in terms of goals and assists, nothing too spectacular, but he's just such an influential player for them. He's probably been the best player in, in the Portuguese league this season, and, and he's only 22 years of age, so he's definitely one to watch. Uh, and I think just this isn't a young one. This is just someone that I think always deserves a mention when talking about players outside of, of you know, the the big the big three clubs in Portugal is er, um, Ricardo Horta, who is now 27 years of age. But once again, having a truly spectacular season at Braga, I don't know how they've managed to keep hold of him. I don't know how a club hasn't come in for him. He's scored 15 goals in 25 games this season. He's 27, so he's at the peak level. And I just think that he is one that that any club across the across the continent could get for a really reasonable fee for for his quality because he doesn't play for one of those big three clubs. So I think he is definitely one that is ready or ready to go um, to one of these these big clubs to one of these big leagues. Interesting. Well, uh, they'll be playing against Rangers in the Europa League, so I'll be sure to watch that game. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a few more scouts watching as well now. Alex, thank you very much for this. I know that I imagine most Portuguese fans have Wolves as their Premier League team because they are (laughs) kind of like semi-Portugal. But thank you for coming to talk to us Liverpool fans here. And uh, good luck with the rest of the season outside of these two games. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. See you all next week, everybody. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.